Hello, everybody. Welcome to Movie Go Round, a film discussion podcast that rotates between different themes every week on a five-week schedule. This week's theme is Around the World. Nicole Davis, how are you this evening? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. It's a little chilly. Uh, I took my cat to the vet, and she's fine. And they fawned over her and saw, said how beautiful she was. And, of course, I agreed with them 100%. And, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much my life in a nutshell right now. I really wish that could have been my life yesterday. So I, I'm, we're going to go down a diatribe really quick before we even introduce the other two people here, or three people here. I took my cat for a teeth cleaning yesterday. She fought them tooth and nail, has a bunch of marks in her arms because they couldn't get the IV in, and then peed herself when she was going to sleep and to succumb into the sweet darkness by the time it was finally ready to put her under. So I picked up, and the vet tech's looking at me with a sad, pathetic face. She's like, she, you're going to need to give her a bath. It, there were problems. It was a nightmare. But you know who's not a nightmare? David Luzader and his wonderful animal that would never do that, Topanga. Uh, yeah, Topanga takes everything in stride. She uh, views the world as a playground and doesn't care. Actually, she doesn't care so much that I'm, I'm looking over at her right now. She, she is laying on the ground next to her bed. Uh, it's kind of scrunched up her bed, so she's against it, but she's not on top of it. And of course. Uh, that's the life she has chosen to lead. And you know what? I support her 110%. You buy the bed specifically so they don't sit in the bed. That's yeah, like half so it's a, the pillow. Like I've seen her lay next to it as use it, like her put her head on it. I'm like, yeah, that's that's what it's for. Good job. Exactly. Uh, joining us as well, though, I'm really excited about this. Both of these folks originally joined us on Geek Cinema Society when we were watching uh, Big Trouble in Little China. So be sure to check out that old feed. We'll put a link to it in the show notes as well. But joining us are Claire and Kyle of Dragons, Sexy Robots and Adventures. Really wonderful podcast. I love what they do. Guys, thank you for joining us. Woo, thanks for having us, Brett, David, and Nicole. We are very excited. Absolutely. Very excited to be asked back. Yes. Because it means that we weren't that bad. I know. That's exciting. We weren't so Um, rude. I should say we took a vote and... uh, Well, not everybody was ready to have you guys back, but a majority wins, I guess. Okay, don't tell us who. <laughs> uh, well, I know you guys are doing a new episode format and a lot of good stuff happening on your podcast. Do you want to give like our quick elevator pitch of what's going on with you guys before we do this show? Yeah, so um, normally what we would do is we would take some sort of nerd topics, be it a, a show, a book, or a movie, normally science fiction, fantasy, or comics based um and we do kind of a deep dive into its roots and where the characters and the stories kind of come from um and now we're trying to pair episodes together where we do a really deep look at something that uh came before that maybe influenced something that came more recently so uh, a good example of that is we did an episode on frankenstein by mary shelley the book and then frankenstein through pop culture and how that influenced and kind of transformed and turned into something more familiar uh, called Jurassic Park and how those two are kind of connected. So, yeah, that's how I know about your new format because I was <laughs> listening this week was those are the two episodes I decided to sample getting back into the show and they were great. So, guys, we're excited to have you. I I think Frankenstein and Jurassic Park are probably more digestible than parts of this movie, but I love this movie. It's around the world week. That means that Wait, I, have, I have some questions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, I want to know who picked this. 
if they've seen it before and how they heard about it. I have a good answer for several of those inquiries. <laughs> so uh, around the world means every single time this comes around, one of our hosts has the opportunity to pick an international film. That, of course, means it cannot have been made in the United States. And we've run the gambit on this stuff. We've done everything from the harder they come and Beatles movies to uh, Taekwondo movies. And do we do Taekwondo or am I mixing up my martial arts? Yeah, no, that's not, not, none of those are Taekwondo. But we are martial arts. Penchak Salat is what they do in the raid. Yes. Okay. We did those. And we also did a movie where French people eat other French people. It's really been oh, yeah. quite enlightening. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Oh yeah. The raw. Yeah. So, we watched a movie this time, a Bollywood film picked by me. Uh, it was my turn to pick called Fas Gay Ray Obama. And this is a movie that came out in 2010. And before I give a description of what the movie's about, I will answer Claire's questions. Uh, the reason I picked this movie and the reason I knew about it was because uh, I used to do a podcast called Silver Screens and Politics, which was a podcast with myself and Dominic Chikoki over on the Tilting Windmill Studios Network. And uh, we did a show where every single week we would talk about movies that had some sort of relation to American politics. And we would go as direct as, you know, JFK and things like that. And we would go as obscure and tangentially related to politics as this movie. We found this movie purely because we searched movies about Obama on Google because we wanted something other than Southside by, uh, Southside with you. And we got this movie and I kind of love it. And we soon discovered that there really wasn't a lot to talk about about Obama in this movie. He's mostly just in it name only, but I'm okay with that because I found a new, a new love for this absurd, absurd movie. Um, came out in 2010 though. It's, and let me give a brief rundown of it. Om Shastri, a victim of the 2008 recession, comes to India to sell his ancestors' property so he can pay off his debts in America. When he arrives, he discovers that many of his extended family have been hit by the recession as well and have moved into the ancestral home and will now have nowhere to live if he sells. He thinks things have gone from bad to worse when he is kidnapped by a local gang for ransom, but realizes that his abduction may be a great opportunity in disguise. Now, before we dig into this movie, let's announce next week's movie, too. Next week is You Did This to Us Week. That means that is mostly the sound related to You Did This to Us Week. It is uh, the audience. this week. I like this one. David and I are going to team up on this one. Uh, Thank you, You Did This to Us listeners. We're watching 1997's Con Air next week. Yeah. <laughs> Put the money in the basket. Pony in the basket. It's a box. I wish it was a basket. I wish it was like a little gift basket. Whatever. You knew what I meant. <laughs> so if you have not watched Con Hair, it's readily available on Spike TV at four in the morning. Is Spike TV still a thing? I don't know if that's still a thing. I don't think uh, so. Like, it's it's like one that. of the most Bruckheimerist Bruckheimer movies. <laughs> It's like one step away from them making us watch Armageddon, right? Like, <laughs> no, Conair is better than Armageddon. I don't know. I don't know. It's not the worst movie he made in 1997. I'm throwing that out there. I'm throwing, it's I'm certainly throw shorter. <laughs> it's certainly shorter. Shorter is yeah. better. That's true. Let's live, Tyler. <laughs> so that's what we're watching next week. You did this to us, Conair. And remember, you missed the opportunity to vote on that because. We're already watching it. But if you haven't yet voted or would like to continue the vote, follow us on Facebook and 
on Twitter. And every five weeks, you're going to have the opportunity to do so. A bunch of other random movies showed up, like Tremors was in there. That was a new one. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to watch Tremors, but I feel like we're going to watch Tremors now at some point. It's a great movie. Uh, it is a great movie. Really? You like Tremors? Yeah, yeah. I love Tremors. Okay. That, well, now you said that, we're never going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> They're taking notes out there, Nicole. I bag on movies, and then they show up like four or five weeks later. Uh, in any case, so let's talk about this movie, Fosque Ray Obama. Uh, broadly, no one had seen this besides myself, correct? Yeah, I'd never seen it. That is correct. Had anyone heard of it? <laughs> uh, only from you talking about it. I uh, Yeah, only from flipping through uh, Amazon Prime movies looking for a new international movie to watch. I had vaguely heard of it. Really? Oh, okay. There we go. Someone had at least was familiar enough with this movie. It's only available on YouTube and Google. Uh, and I learned this week that YouTube movie rental is not that great. It doesn't work very well. <laughs> Works great for so, me. Oh, I had so many issues. Oh my gosh. But maybe that's because I was on corporate Wi-Fi. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. I found okay. a non-rental YouTube option. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm actually pretty sure this whole movie is available for free on YouTube. Uh, I didn't see captions on the free one. <laughs> oh, no, I have captions on mine. Yeah, I didn't either. So. Well, perfect. So some people got this for free then. But let's break this down. This is a movie where they, it's building an entire comedic plot off of the stereotype of anyone who doesn't live in America doesn't understand that anyone who lives in America is not rich. More or less. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the in a nutshell. And I'm here for it. It's kind of great. Uh, so. <laughs> it, it's, it's, I mean, there's some great commentary on the whole on the recession, which was such a weird comedic point to turn up and and again and again. It's so bizarre because I've never. Uh, you always see like the Great Depression, or or I've never seen the 2008 recession necessarily, aside from like the Big Short, as a plot catalyst well, but it is a plot catalyst in this movie yeah and especially for like a, a movie in another country sorry go ahead i was gonna say maybe wait 40 years yes right. maybe yeah <laughs> but we true. can do it uh is repeated throughout this movie which is yes, one of my can. favorite things yes we can that we can <laughs> do it <laughs> we can do it yeah not as catchy <laughs> why obama did not go that direction <laughs> right so this movie opens on obama actually and closes on obama and sprinkles him throughout but we're gonna talk a little bit about how the u.s political system seems almost functional and the police department trustworthy by comparison to how bollywood betrays india in this movie a question from nicole oh, yeah everybody this movie <laughs> oh is oh, this yeah. a bollywood thing oh yes oh yeah how ex insanely corrupt the indian police are and uh also the the ministries which quite like congress but sort of it's kind of it's more like state representatives is the feeling i get yeah mm -hmm. i i think that's it's an interesting point to bring up too but um uh i think in in this movie they were in kind of the boonies of india you know it's it's sort of like watching the wire and thinking like oh wow america's really corrupt well baltimore's really corrupt that doesn't necessarily mean that other places are at that same level well, no, but but to Nicole's point, there's been plenty of Bollywood movies where it doesn't matter if you're in a city or out in the boonies. Everybody's corrupt on every level. Yeah. yeah. 
But we do that a ton in our movies, right? I mean, we have so many corrupt police departments. But it's always com- it's always comedic in Bollywood movies how corrupt they are. <laughs> it's like, isn't it so goofy that you can pay a policeman to do anything? Like, that's always kind of the way that everyone is in these movies. Right. Whereas here, when a police officer is corrupt, it's like, oh, you know, it's this horrible twist in a crime drama or it's, you know, it keeps you from finding the right person to go to to report your crime or to get justice is, you know, because you've got like three layers of bureaucracy of people who are taking bribes or looking the other way or what have you. And it's a tragedy when that happens in America. And so... And I mean, and we actually do have some movies where they're portrayed as good people and not everybody in the department is corrupt and things can get done. And and I I don't think I've seen an Indian movie yet where right. there's more than like one person in the police department who's an honest and man even, or woman. Even if they're not corrupt, they're all kind of like a little bit spineless in a way, a little bit like like they're they're usually the they're the they're the uh the, the comedic ones they yeah, are the, this was a was a doormat sort yeah. of just got walked over all over yeah and that's i feel like pretty typical in bio and obviously people if they're bollywood movies we don't know about where these are not the case like please do let us know yes. but i will back nicole and what i have seen always seems to kind of be the case as well Full disclosure, this is my first Bollywood film ever. Me too. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. You got dumped in a very interesting space with this then, because this is very much unlike most Bollywood films, I would say, especially in the sense that the only dance number, the only thing that is like shoehorned in at musically is the end credit sequence, uh, whereas that's typically Bollywood 101. I kept waiting for a dance number, <laughs> and yeah. when it... When it finally came at the end credits, I sat through the whole thing and watched it all. Cause like, I thought we were supposed to get yeah. a song and oh, dance was, in this movie somewhere. I was somewhere. so happy to see it. But I'm curious what else is different about this from a regular Bollywood movie as someone who hasn't seen any before. A more typical Bollywood movie, I should say. Nicole, I would say Nicole's a better, and, and maybe David too. They've both seen a lot more of these than I have. But to me, there's seems to be because it's so tangentially tied to the U S through the whole like recession subplot. It seems to me there's a lot more of like, like, I I suppose, like the mixing of the languages and the colloquialisms and stuff that they seem to be talking in America, in America, in America, (laughs) in in English a little bit more in this movie. Or Nicole's nodding her head. I'm wrong. Explain to me. (laughs) Every, every Bollywood movie I've seen is, it is either English or not entirely, sorry, is Hinglish, I was going to say, you know, a blend uh, of Hindi and English. Uh, or the ones I've seen that don't use English are the, the ones that are made in Tamil Nadu that are recorded in Tamil. They very rarely have sprinklings of English in there. But all the ones that are actually made in Bollywood um, tend to be in both Hindi and English. There was... Oh, uh, there is no love story, which yes, that's a big difference between that and a lot of most Bollywood films. Uh, and there's nobody taking their shirt off in this movie. That's making <laughs> me question my entire way of life. Yeah. Uh, now, see, that's if you if you go back to a previous episode that we yep. did, with a Bollywood movie called Bang Bang. If you can find oh. it, that's a 
That's a movie. I love it. Everybody's that. very, very thirsty in that movie. It is there intense. Is, somebody will take their shirt off in that movie and it will change your life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into that, it. That man, that man has not been in the same room as bread. I said, I, said, I said the same thing in the in the discussion of that movie and I stand by it. It's insane. Yeah, I don't think he knows what carbs smell like anymore. No. Oh really. my God. Yeah, that, that movie, but that movie had a ton of like, the musical sequences. So that movie is a very typical Bollywood movie. It's mm-hmm. got the romance, the musical numbers, the action. Yeah. I think it's also fair to say that this is just more cheaply made. <laughs> like when you oh, watch it, Bang Bang, yeah, this one doesn't like, have the budget. Bang Bang yeah. had a huge budget. Right. When you watch Bang Bang, you think like, wow, this is on par with an American blockbuster. And then you watch this movie and as Nicole pointed out in our Slack earlier, the bodies floating in the acid pond still have the little hanger thing attached to the skull for Halloween. And the, and the, the, the teeth. To return it. Because, yeah, <laughs> the teeth looked so, like, they were so fake looking. Was, those were bad skeletons. It, the, the, the ring bolt was still in its head. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask about the budget versus other Bollywood movies. So, uh, so I will say in, in uh, just for reference, the movie you're talking about bang, bang that we watched, which was, uh, which was a high budget movie, but still it was, so that's about $22 million uh, was their budget. The budget for this was $830,000. Oh, wow. It's a comedy, you know, and comedy yeah. still yeah, didn't like it as high budget anyway. Yeah. Isn't that remarkable though, that 83, $23 million is considered high budget like it that's goes what you, a lot further there oh yes right yeah. but that's what you have to pay to have johnny depp come shit in your porta potty like <laughs> that is oh, not at this like, point he'll do it for to, a lot cheaper to show up for one day as we have seen nice. in a movie uh what was that movie called lucky oh, them God. lucky them we watched a movie where johnny depp johnny depp shows up for an hour but Nothing, not an hour. Johnny Depp shows up for two minutes at the end. No, no, no. I mean, in real life, he showed up oh, for an hour yeah. and they probably paid him more than this movie cost. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, everyone's incredibly corrupt in this movie. And that's part of what I love about it, because one of the other things David put in our docket was the kidnapping industry in this film, because Om gets kidnapped uh, because to break this down, Om is supposedly a millionaire. Uh, coming he's just a businessman we don't know what he did but whatever it was must have been invested the wrong way and he lost it all in 2008 and he goes to sell his ancestral home and all the families living in it and everybody in india is just convinced oh my god this man has so much money and he doesn't he's completely broke and the like increasing tiers of the kidnapping industry that he gets floated through is kind of what i love about this movie because what it lacks in acting at times and most certainly budget it makes up for to me in just this weird zany hierarchy of the four different people or groups rather that om gets passed off through as they are trying to kidnap him he has no money push him to the next person take that person's money push him to the next person and so on and so forth well i think that's why this movie is such a is kind of clever in response to being like a recession movie because they're they're sort of Ponzi scheming all the kidnappers up and up and up to the top in the same way that the recession, you know, like these house, the housing market crashed because these houses were not valued in the way that they should be. And the same exact thing is happening to these criminals 
with they think this man's worth so much and so he keeps getting more and more and more inflated in value so i, th- I thought that was really cool actually and that was like my favorite part of it that whole concept that's yeah, a fantastic parallel i didn't even think about that that yeah, that yeah. connects yeah. so well with the reason we actually had a recession yeah. Right. People's loans got sold from one bank to another to another and packaged together and sold again. And eventually, yeah, but just someone had to let it go for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, but I really love the part when they go to the, or they're showing the, the minister's whole operation. And it's just, there are, there are stages. There are <laughs> like each, each, pieces run by a different person and it's all very much like come up oh all right go you know well it, it looks like government something government run yeah. right it was it was run very efficiently you're not going to get this right away you need to go to that person make sure yeah. you take your receipt because if you don't take your receipt this person can't do anything that, with you right yeah right. It's, like, it's like going to the rmv <laughs> they were they were like you know he gets a receipt and he's like now remember your receipt because if you get kidnapped again in the next year show them this receipt and you'll be returned immediately <laughs> it's beautiful it's great and i and i love how i mean to be fair when we talk about how this movie depicts the uh, the police <clears throat> excuse me the, the police department and the political system being incredibly corrupt everyone's also incredibly dumb uh, and there's just varying levels of stupidity as um makes his way up the ladder. And my favorite will always be the first guys, the boss and all of his renegades, where when they finally get their money, which is chump change in comparison to what everyone else is getting as Om goes up the ladder, they just immediately go on holiday. And it's such a glorious little holiday in like their Sherpa coats. And, right, and they're drinking wine. Like, they, <laughs> they saw an Instagram post and were like, that's what we want out of this. Uh, I I really love those guys too. They they kind of had the most heart to them. I love you know their negotiating of like, all right, you're gonna you know you're gonna be you're worth five, and I can't I don't know how to pronounce the the crores or whatever it is. Uh, it's like you're worth five. Okay, two point five, uh, one point five, and it just like starts going down to like smaller and so like just without even any provocation. It's just like any amount of money will do. That that would be great. Just please, we're desperate for a win. <laughs> Yeah, they really need to win in this movie because one of the biggest themes in this movie, obviously, is the far reaching uh, effects of the U.S. economy. And I actually think that that's one of the more interesting things to posit when you're talking about this movie is that, yes, it's looking at it through a very comedic lens, but looking at the far reaching impact of our economy and of our actions. I mean, obviously, you can look at places like the Middle East and it's incredibly obvious what the far reaching implication of our actions are, but you also realize that we are intrinsically tied to every single market in the world. So much so that everyone in this movie, right? Like everyone in this movie keeps referring to us as a disease that we should just contain ourselves, right? If we're going to have a recession, let's just keep it in house. But obviously we can't do that because we're so far reaching and you don't really think of India as one of those places that would be affected by it. Especially not the Indian kidnapping community. Hey, recession hits everyone, man. It doesn't discriminate. I, I also love that they were giving discounts on their kidnappings yes. like ransoms because of the recession. <laughs> yeah, and one guy coming to get his father saying, yeah, I, I brought what you asked for, but could I get a discount? Because 
because the recession and they're like, they were already charging you recession ransom rates. You know, <laughs> I, I just, I literally just thought of it, but I wonder if it's another sort of parallel that, you know, the recession is coming from America and hitting India and it's a problem there. And Ohm, the main character also comes from America and hits India and causes all sorts of mayhem <laughs> as everyone scrambles to try and make a buck off him. Yeah, I just love the his, his chaos is just that he simply exists. Like, yeah, <laughs> and that's America's chaos. It looks so yeah. good outside. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, he's I love just how clever he is through every step of the way. He's always kind of one step ahead of everybody else. And they always play uh, the yeah. guitar music every time he's getting. The oh my god, the guitar music. Uh, let's talk about that. I actually have that in our doc. Wait, 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 before you get into the guitar music, <laughs> I just want to say I would have loved like maybe five minutes at the beginning of the movie of exploring Om Shanti's life before he goes to India so that you see that he's this clever man who comes up with these, you know, out of the box ideas. See, I always, I got coming over to America as an immigrant and then becoming a millionaire. And it doesn't look like he came from a, a huge amount of money in India. They have the mansion, but yeah. it doesn't, it, it's not equal to huge amounts of money in America. I, to me, that kind of like signified like, Oh, you have some sort of smarts that you were able to uh, progress so far, you know, and how many years did they say seven, seven years. Uh, yeah. Or he hadn't been home in seven years. He hadn't been home in seven years. Yeah, I think they said 15. Okay. It's still, 15, 15 years in America and you're a millionaire? Yeah. Even if you made some bad investments, you you know. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. The fact that you <laughs> I've got been it. here 46 years and I'm not a millionaire. <laughs> didn't short the housing market. <laughs> I guess what to say. Is he the one packaging There's them? There's why I went wrong. Uh, he invested with Matt. What? What yeah. he did, what he did was vague. I kind of wish they had said what he did because all it was loans. Uh huh. Took out a lot of loans. Yeah, he took out loans. He was a businessman. I was like, "So you killed people? Like, I don't understand. You're being so." I was vague. a <laughs> We um, and we can also get back to the music, but I want to also point out that, like, yes, he's like one step ahead of his kidnappers all the time. But I was always struck by like how incredibly dangerous his situation actually was every time. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, I'll be fine. I won't tell on you. And they're like, yeah. okay, sure. But to me, like when I'm watching him go into these criminals, knowing that they're lying about him being a millionaire. You're like, Oh, he's going to die. Like, well, not, I mean like this movie is so comedic that you're, yeah. you're not so worried, but like in real life, how terrifying that actually would be yeah. and how much is at stake. Oh yeah, 100%. And I think it's a really good point that he it does show us a little bit of him having been successful, been there having been there for such a short amount of time. But also, I think to the other side of the coin, it makes me feel like I shouldn't be laughing at the family scenes, but I am because and I'm talking about the family back home in the US where it just shows it for just long enough for this woman and God bless her, but she's a terrible actress. She's just very dry delivery, his wife. And she'd be like, Oh no, we're losing the home. And you can just tell there's someone off camera holding up signs <laughs> and the kids. And they, I think they were just like, do American things, kids. And like one of them is just like playing on an iPad while the other one has like the Apple earbuds in while strumming on an acoustic guitar. And 
I feel like I shouldn't be laughing at the homestead at home, but it like is not portrayed particularly well. It's there's no depth to it. Oh yeah, no, the kids are awful. The ki- the kids the, the 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 phone call with that little girl is the worst acting I've I've seen in a movie in a long time. <laughs> it's terrible. What? I'm just gonna be. Out. You know, I'm she's good. probably in her teens now, David. Find her on Twitter. No, I'm good. They were just working around trying to find any kid who could speak she's English without you know, like a super thick accent, probably. And they're like, the all first, right, you're, you know, you'll do. She's the first AD's daughter. Yeah. First, yeah. Oh, the DP's daughter or something. <laughs> yeah. So, so I want to talk a little bit about the electric guitar in this movie. There's my favorite shot in all this movie is a four second stock image shot during which the Statue of Liberty pans at night, very clearly ripped off YouTube or another movie, and is just searing electric metal guitar playing in the background. Yes. And this is their image of the of the United States. And there's something gloriously awry about that to me that I just find endlessly amusing. I don't know. It's kind of apt. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like, guess we are really loud and obtuse, right? <laughs> like, how do we show that we're in America? Uh, Statue of Liberty. All right, cool, great. <laughs> but how do we yeah, sound like we're in America? Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> love it. Yeah, yeah, I kind of love it. And and here's the weird thing: the soundtrack of this movie, to me, even further defi- defies some of the things I normally expect when watching a Bollywood movie. Because there's this weird ass like jazz noir soundtrack for the women's gang. Like can yeah. we talk about that sound? There's a freeze frame. There is a frame in which the the leader of the gang, forgive me, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Madam um, Mooney. Yeah, Mooney like says something quippy, side eyes the camera, and it freeze frames. <laughs> <laughs> they like change filmmaking styles for this one shot with her. And it's so weird and out of place, and I just love it. Like the entire subplot of the all women's gang is so bizarre. They're obviously so into that character. I feel like she comes on and like the whole film got more interesting. Yeah, no, I was definitely, I perked up when she showed up. I'm like, Oh, Hey, (laughs) I expected that's what this movie is about to become about. And then, you know, sadly when he got passed off to the next person, she sort of drifted away until the very end, but I definitely could have done more with her. I think she's she's um I think she might be like a pop star or something. Yeah, she's she's actually probably in the India. most popular person in this movie. Yeah, she's the second build. That right. I, she she won basically their equivalent of Miss America, which is okay. Miss India. So she's a pageant star slash actress slash um, does a bunch of philanthropic work. Do you have her uh, name? Yes, uh, Nia Dupia. Okay. Wait, that played. Oh, right, right, right. Yes, that played. Sorry, me. I was thinking the wrong person. Yeah. So yeah, she's she's great in this movie, and I kind of want to talk about her gang. Um, I don't know where to start with the gang. Oh, no. That leads into another great discussion. I think we all know. It's sort of the uh, inverse of the he-man woman haters club. It's like the she-woman man haters club. Yeah, she's yeah. just like lobbing off dicks of like ornate statues. statues. And <laughs> I don't really know what's going on. And what what really bothers me, I think, about it is 
me too had the had the you go know, ruin this movie for me a little bit. That's okay. I'm glad this guy is ousted for being a horrible person. But the director slash writer of this movie, Subhash Kapoor, has molestation allegations against him. I, I did not know about this. Um, and it seems like kind of a weird contrast with the women's gang in the movie being shown as the most competent and efficient. Uh, that's Nicole's point. And I would also throw a point in there that it also kind of shows that maybe he doesn't like ladies that much because they all hate men and are like aggressive and heartless. At least that's how he tries to make them look at times. So I guess it might, to me, it kind of makes sense that he would betray them that way. But I, but I also, they are the most competent gang. I was going to say it could be that, or I also, I had my problems with it, but I also wondered if it was a commentary on actual gangs in India and what they, you know, lightly making fun of what they do to people. Like, how can we make mm. it not so horrible to watch? Oh, are you talking yeah. about the, the part when the, the uh, gang is about to gang rape Annie? When they do, right? Yeah. yeah. Then yeah. they haul him off upstairs. She's like, how long has it been since you got any, you know, and to yeah. female yeah. gang members? Well, also, they're hitting people. Like, the women are hitting people, but, like, it's not that bad because oh, that was, that hitting was a man. One of the oh, because they gags. hit like girls. So they <laughs> yeah. just. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of one of the best gags, like in the movie, a little bit. But I, I will say, I think it might be a little bit. Yeah, this guy is. He probably would also point to this and be like, "No, no, look, I love women. Look at, look at that. Look at the gang in the film." It's like, right. but the more, the more you kind of look at them, the more you're kind of like, uh, it's not super great. Yeah, they're very caricature-y. And then yeah. the the they do gang rape the one male character, which I was I remember thinking, like if this movie came out in two thousand and five, I think a lot of people and me, one of them, would have found that hilarious. But right now it's such it's like, a left turn. Ooh. Yeah, it's yeah. so random and it was like, it was a little uncomfortable. You're like, oh I well, feel it's, like maybe it's commenting on something, but I don't yeah. think it's doing it well it's well established that this gang doesn't like men you know they hate men right like what they're doing to him is not a thing of passion or joy it is like a hate thing oh that's (laughs) uncomfortable i need to go shower (laughs) i mean you know india (laughs) india does not have a great reputation for being the safest place for women they have a right. major major problem they don't prosecute rape and sexual assault very thoroughly if at all for most people um which is why i thought maybe this is an actual commentary on right. gang rape and what happens to women in these situations if since india has such a bad bad track record Right, but it's played for such light laughs. It is, but the whole again, the whole movie seems like a commentary on right, um, like corruption in India, connect like how money is made in India, mm-hmm. um, and like I don't know a whole bunch about um, the Indian government or how yeah. it works, but if I looked at it in that context, the the quote unquote gang rape seems like it's just another commentary on what's going on here. And yes, we're making fun of it, but we're also showing it. I could be wrong. Yeah. It, I mean, it is, it is a satire, I think to a certain degree. Right. No, it's intended to be a satire, but I, I guess I'm used to American satire tends to be a lot more biting. 
you know, this is right. much, much sort of fluffier. It's, it is, it is kind of have that attitude of like, isn't this the way things are? Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Right. But I, I think that again, that that's also like the, maybe it's more of the Indian mindset. And again, I, I, I'm not Indian. That's a really good point. Because an example I can give is like I have family from Spain. And when we talk about corruption in the Spanish government and how they deal with it versus corruption in the American government and how we deal with it, their attitude is more like, oh, well, that's how it is. Whereas like ours, I mean, despite everything is outrage. Like, how dare you? We're Americans. We're better than this. So I wonder if um, the, you know, the laissez-faire attitude about the corruption in India might be more of like the mindset there versus our American mindset of like, how ridiculous is this cop that he's so corrupt? That's -hmm. a really good point. And that would also point potential context to why so many of these movies take the lens of look how, you know, funny and stupid the police are. Yeah, and these that's really yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. And yeah, I mean for this scene it's it's out of left field. It's the most <laughs> uncomfortable part of the movie. I don't really like this part of the movie. Um and I also really don't like the scene before it because so Annie is is great in this movie. He's one of my favorite characters. And side side note Whenever they say Annie, all I can hear is Jar Jar going, little Annie. And that's haunting me. (laughs) Yeah, that's haunting. Because I really feel like I'm in your podcast now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's that, that, that little Annie will haunt my dreams. But any case, whenever like, so Annie's like the comedic, like, you know, foil to um throughout the entirety of the movie. He's also the heart, though. He is the heart. He totally yeah. is. Even though he's a kidnapper, he has heart and he just wants to go to America and wear great jeans. <laughs> and he gets so brutally beaten. It's a horrible oh, scene. It is such a scene out of left field right before we get to the scene where the women then gang rape. I just realized it happens to him twice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's getting oh. before he gets raped. Yeah. <sighs> It's okay for me in America. <laughs> America. It, but played for laughs. That's what makes it like interesting. And even even his like the scene where he's getting beat is like played for laughs, which yeah. is horrible because he's like apparently getting like stabbed by something because the guy comes up to him and starts like pushing something into him and he starts crying. Poor like, stupid Annie. <laughs> <laughs> He has has that clever moment of like, we're going to sell him, you know, for a higher price, but kind of in general, he's, you know, not shown to be the brightest bulb. Well, he's, I mean, he's the sharpest tool in the shed that is his gang. That's for damn sure. True. That is a hundred percent (laughs) true. Yeah. Wait, his boss, boss keeps calling him a scientist. Yeah. Yeah. You scientist. (laughs) uh and what's so sad about his character is like he is the the embodiment of the rose-tinted glasses america will solve all my problems and it's so sad because early in the movie he's watching obama's inauguration he's hearing the yes we can he's repeating it throughout the movie he's only wearing um what what do you he has like a it's like an american American bandana Yeah, he's got an American flag bandana. He's got several American t-shirts, including like a Rolling Stones t-shirt. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. He's got the yes, the yes, we can. I want you with like 
Uncle Sam photoshopped into Barack's face. Like he has all this paraphernalia hanging around their like camp out place. And all he wants to do is just except there's, can. except there's one point where he's like, he says, I can't remember what he says, but it's something about like, I don't really want to go to America anymore. Like this is, this isn't going great. Like you guys cause all the problems. Sure. He gets there, but then he also leads them in a yes, we can chant. I wish I had written down the, what, what they were saying of like what they were going to do when they got to America. It was stuff like they were going to go on vacation and tip the waiter and, all sorts of really great. Like, <laughs> we're going to stay at a nice hotel and tip the waiter. That was one of them. Right. Yeah. I love how that's an alien concept everywhere else. We're going to tip the waiter. You're like, this is an extravagant thing. Well, because other countries are, you know, pay their servers normally instead of forcing them to depend on the largesse of the customers. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's a scene I love. And I, I wish I had written down exactly what they were saying, because there's so many fun little oddities in that. I want to point out that um, for all of like the, the Ponzi scheming and the corruption that happens in this movie, the way it ends is that the most corrupt politician gains more power. I know. Thank you yeah. for bringing that up. And I, again, I don't know if this is another commentary on Indian politics. Yeah. Where like the only way to get out of it is to give more power to the yeah. worst I think that's also sort of a little bit kind of a um, it's just kind of how the, the only way that they can all walk away from this without suffering any consequences is by making it good for him. Uh, I, so I could, I could kind of write that off a bit more as like just sort of a plot reason. It's like the only way that I'm going to get to go back to America alive is if he still wins. Yeah. Right. But which well, it's I, also, it's I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. If the man if the man wins, then the man yeah. can be okay. Yeah. yeah. So that also brings up the point to tie this back into the overarching discussion of, uh, you know, this really being an analog for the recession. Kyle pointed out at the very beginning, the American coming in and causing all this destruction just by being there. Who gives the bad dictator man his power when he leaves? Yeah, American man. (laughs) This is something we are want to do. (laughs) Um, This is not a foreign thing for Americans to do is a leave and kind of wipe our hands of it and the wrong dudes in power. And um, yeah, that's a difficult part of this movie to kind of square at the end because Alm is able to trick the minister by. Uh, essentially making it a PR disaster to do anything to him because he escapes and then comes back to him. But before coming back to him, alerts the public and and journalists to the fact that the minister had actually saved him from his kidnappers. And that's just going to get the minister elected to what they call chief minister or something along those lines, essentially a prime minister. I thought, I think like governor, like a governor sort of thing. that That might be a better, that might be a better comparison. So, and that guy, I kind of like, I kind of like that guy though. <laughs> Aside from the fact that he's killing everybody and kidnapping everybody, acid <laughs> and making snakes bite them. Yeah, though he found him. I found him kind of quirky. He kind of reminded me of Matt Barry. 
if we were gonna yes a little bit <laughs> yeah he just kind of had that mad berry quality to him which endeared sort of pompousness me. yeah he was one of the funniest or funnier characters in it like i think him and uh the boss were kind of the two i love the boss so much yeah. oh that guy was so great <laughs> and uh, the the minister actually was in one of my favorite scenes, which was when you know they're they're christening the new bridge with the blood of a goat, and there's just that clear list of British woman doing the worst no, American Australian. accent, Australian, okay, Australian. doing the worst <laughs> American accent. It's not good. Refusing to 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 you know kill this goat to bless this bridge. <laughs> The, you're the minister of yeah, you're the, animal yeah, affairs. the minister of animal affairs, and he just like has someone hold a sheet up as he <laughs> takes a machete to it. Yeah. But he does this while also giving her a tiny knife and telling her just to make a cut, like just enough blood for this to be like ceremonial. Yeah, and then when she won't do it, he just kills it. <laughs> well, I, I think he's gonna kill it. Yeah, I think he's yeah. Was that wanting her to make the first cut? That goat was going to go the first. Co- oh my god, that's horrible. Okay, yeah, this guy's uh, not great. Yeah, that bridge is never going to collapse, though. So it's true. It's got, got that blood in it. it. So <laughs> <laughs> um, probably wouldn't go to waste. Goat's pretty tasty. No, it's true. Goat is very tasty. It's like lamb without the guilt. So. <laughs> <laughs> like that's going to stop me, Nicole. <laughs> Yeah, I think I saw that at the deli yesterday. It's like lamb without the guilt. They just had it underneath the Mariano <laughs> sign. Um, so, by the way, we're having a sale on lamb. <laughs> so, new, new Mary go uh, movie go around sponsor. <laughs> lamb, goat. Yeah, the lamb industry. I don't know. The lamb sure. industry. The goat board. <laughs> <laughs> so, one thing I do want to briefly bring up, though is and this is going to be a deeper philosophical question that we've touched on a couple times how do you square watching and enjoying a movie like this when you also have a problematic director and this is something we talk about in music this is something we talk about Kanye this is something we talk about <laughs> in movies and because yeah. one thing I did learn from this from Nicole finding this and alerting this to us was this man was uh outed in 2014 as allegedly molesting somebody and no one really did anything about it until 2018 until Americans had me too. And then the Indian community brought that to the surface and had a ton of different allegations come out on their end on their Bollywood side. And that seemed to be the catalyst for it was Americans going ahead and kind of pushing that into the forefront of the world community first. Um, But even then, like I have, I have like, I can't, I'll be honest. I've, this is my go-to example. I can't watch Kevin Spacey anymore. I can't do it. Yeah. I like a lot of Kevin Spacey movies and I just can't do it. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that it's separating the art from the artist, right? And some people can do it. Some people can't, and you can get into a bigger philosophical discussion of should you, but you know, that is, there's so much more to that than I think us here on movie go around a film discussion <laughs> podcast uh can really maybe kind of dig through so for me my stance is like if you can't separate art from the artist that's fine you know i don't blame you for that at all yeah i think it's just an interesting discussion to bring up every once in a while because you do have so many artists that become increasingly more problematic especially in film it'd be nice to know who made points on the back end that'd be a lot easier like if i'm if i'm watching this movie do they get money for it 
you know, that kind of thing. That, that actually does make a difference to me, but it's also, yeah. you know, like I could watch, I could probably watch movies where Kevin Spacey plays a villain. <laughs> because then I can just hate him more. Um, Kevin Spacey so is playing Hitler. We're okay. Yeah, but like so you I can watch K-Packs just fine. <laughs> but I can't watch Woody Allen movies. Like yeah. at all anymore. Yeah. Not even like um uh what's it called? Annie Hall. Yeah. <laughs> that one. No. I, I think part of it too is I didn't realize this about this director until we sat down like right now on this podcast to talk about it. It doesn't make me it doesn't take away the enjoyment that I had watching the film. Like that already happened. I already watched it and I already enjoyed it. But it does mean that like, oh, maybe check to make sure I don't watch any of this guy's films in the future. I feel the way about Roman Polanski. Like I've seen yeah. the pianist and I loved it. And then I found out more about Roman Polanski and yeah. it's like, well, I, you know, I think the pianist is a great movie, but I'm not going to watch a Roman Polanski film again. So what you're saying is Bollywood has to wait about 20 years and then they'll give him whatever the equivalent of an Oscar is. <laughs> yeah, I followed by so. a standing ovation of everyone who is yeah, supposed to not be there with the goddamn standing ovation. Ah, oh, Meryl Streep. <laughs> I mean, I agree with Kyle. I do think where your question becomes interesting is, especially like in film history, and you have a character like characters like Woody Allen and Roman Polanski, where their films are actually considered pivotal in you know film history yeah and do you continue to give them that credit and show them in schools you know or you know or do you or yeah stop a great example of that another one is lenny riefenstahl who became kind of a film darling in the 50s who uh george lucas was a big fan of but who made her name making films doing uh doing nazi propaganda films for the third reich like that's where she learned filmmaking and you see echoes of her filmmaking in films still today. Um, but she kind of like was sort of forgiven for that because she's such a talented artist in quotes. And, you know, she claims that she had nothing other than the films. She had nothing else to do with the Third Reich. So I think Did you give the filmmaker equivalent of I'm just following orders. I'm just, dang it, I'm just going to say <laughs> yes. Yeah. That stole my joke. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, it's like, and I, and I think this movie enters interesting territory with this, especially in regard to the, the women's gang. Um, is it reflected in their art? Right. Cause like Woody Allen can be really problematic with the way he portrays women. Um, yeah. That's one of the issues Andy? I have. Is. That's, that's one of the issues like I have sporadically with, with um, uh, my cat's trying to talk in the mic. Mavis has a lot to say on the subject, guys. We're like, um, shit about Woody Allen. <laughs> but like, I have that issue with a lot of directors and I feel like if it's not a film, if the film is not an avenue for them to push whatever I really don't like about them into my face, then there are degrees of which I'm willing to just separate the art from the artist. And this is an interesting film where I think I am because I, I love this movie. It's fun. It's very different. And um, it just sucks that the dude that made it, not a cool guy. We're also so far removed from Bollywood, though. Yeah, that's very true. I yeah. Think, I, again, like, it's, it's not in our face in the way that, say, like, Kevin Spacey, this Kevin Spacey scandal is so in our face. 
Yeah, yeah, but I would say the level of impact kind of on my life is about the same. Uh, in saying of like hearing like Kevin Spacey did these horrible things, like, oh, that really sucks. This guy in India did horrible things. Oh, that really sucks. No, but I don't think it, well, in my life it's different because I grew up watching Kevin Spacey movies. Right, yeah. That's what kills it for me, yeah. And so when you hear that like one of your people, this person that you've been admiring all these years did these horrible things, like when I heard about Woody Allen, it was, you know, or when I believed Woody Allen, Yeah. Um, it, it was kind of this thing of like, oh, the enjoyment that I get out of right. that. Yeah, no, I, I understand, yeah. I get you. Man, Beyond the Sea is gone from bad to just really bad. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, but I mean, I, Baby Driver was my one of my very favorite movies from last year. I, I saw it six mm-hmm. times. And it's now I feel movie. like I I just can't watch it again. Wait, wait. Nothing came out about Edgar Wright, right? No, no but Kevin Spacey has a major role in Baby Driver. Oh, oh, I didn't right. see. I haven't seen Baby Driver. Okay, yeah. so. it's, uh, it's still such a great movie, though. Uh, yeah, it's a great movie, and I and again, but like you don't watch Baby Driver, and you'd be like, oh yeah, but Kevin Spacey harassing people, like because it's I don't know if his character is just. It is, it is a movie. minor-ish role. Yeah. yeah, it's also different when it's the director versus the actor. Right, because the director does yes. have the foremost creative vision of what's being created. Right. Uh, and what vision yeah. are they propagating? Right. Email us. Uh, I'm serious. <laughs> Moving around tilting windmill studios.com. We want to hear from you. Um, can you watch beyond the sea? Could you watch it before? Is it watchable? <laughs> just, just let me know if you finished beyond the sea. <laughs> hey, at least somebody <laughs> had to. Someone must. Ray Obama. Hey, Brett, somewhere beyond the sea. Somewhere waiting for me, my lover stands on golden sands. I'm Are you just going to shatter this to me? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought something magical was about to happen on this yeah. episode. <laughs> no. He just decided the Shatner version of Beyond the Sea. <laughs> yeah, just tell us this Bobby Darren record. Beyond <laughs> the Sea, somewhere <laughs> waiting for me. Uh, don't even get started on the problems I have with what Shatner says. <laughs> okay. We what don't, Shatner's uh, just old and crazy. A whole podcast on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's a great opportunity to go around the table and ask everybody what they thought of Fosca or Obama and have some closing thoughts. I'd love to head on over to our wonderful guests first, Claire and Kyle. Uh, Claire, alphabetical, why don't you go first? <laughs> what do you think of the movie? Kyle, you'd make him go first. <laughs> um, uh, did I... I appreciated it for what it is. Um, I don't know. I feel like you would have to be a lover of cinema or Bollywood too, to really highly recommend it. And that's not for your casual American viewer, I would say. Um, I thought it was an interesting look um, at India. Um, You know, give or take how, you know, how much uh, the, oh my, sorry, what's the director's name again? Um, It is uh, Subhash Kapoor. Subhash Kapoor. Subhash. Subhash Kapoor. Regardless of how much he's trying to say, but I think if you look at it from that perspective, it is really fascinating. Again, now knowing about the allegations against him, I probably wouldn't enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting territory, and I can't wait to hear what people have to say about it. Since it's free on YouTube, I highly recommend our audience go watch it if they're at all intrigued by it. Also, just a note, I feel like Nicole probably thinks I'm one of those people that says like Iraq and just like other things very poorly. I, I have some discretion over understanding how to pronounce things that are not just strictly 
American. I'm trying. <laughs> Names to are not one of them. It. I'm I'm trying no. to not condemn people for the, how they pronounce things because a lot of times when people mispronounce things, it's because they learned the word by reading it. And so I kid you not, last week Nicole put uh, phonetics in the in the uh, comments <laughs> yeah. on our show doc, which was immensely helpful. Uh, but Kyle, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, I did enjoy it watching it. I thought it was quirky and, and kind of fun and pretty clever at times, but it also, you know, I, I don't think it was that great or anything so insane to write home about. So, I mean, if it was between watch, you know, if I was stuck in a room and I had to b- pick between watching this movie or Avatar, I would <laughs> pick this movie. <laughs> You've made the correct choice. <laughs> Um, but you know, I, I didn't, I didn't think it was life changing by any means. Yeah. It's, it's not a life changing movie at all. I, I think it's a, it, it certainly prompted a fun discussion, which was definitely the reason I picked it because it's Very so funny. ramshackle in some ways that you can't just help it, but admire how hard it's trying. Uh, David, what do you think? Yeah, it's a fun movie. Um, Coming into this, I was kind of like, what are we going to talk about? But we had a lot of really great discussions. Um, But it's just kind of a movie where it was like, I had a fun little time watching that. And uh, all right, on to the next thing. So if you're like, if you're curious about Bollywood, I feel like actually this would be a pretty good entry point into Bollywood movies because it's more accessible than something like Bang Bang, which is so Bollywood. uh, (laughs) That like, if you're not kind of already into that idea, like that movie's just going to blindside you. Well, well, this, yeah. yeah, this, you know, it has some really funny, really good comedic moments that I think translate well, even despite language barrier. Um, so I think, yeah, it's, it was a fun time. I, I wouldn't discourage anybody from watching it unless, you know, the, the stuff about the director, it totally turns you off. In which case I get completely understand. Absolutely. And what about you, Nicole? Um, yeah, I mean, but I didn't find out about the director until afterwards. So, you know, while I was watching the movie, I I enjoyed it. It's it's I would class it as light entertainment rather than being terribly thought-provoking or deep. Um I mean, I understand that it's it's at least trying to have a little social commentary, but um to me it was it was just sort of this light fluffy thing, you know, something to watch on a rainy day. So I I wouldn't say avoid it, but (laughs) I would probably recommend other things first before this one. And I think I align with you guys pretty much identically to almost all of you. I mean, this is, I I love, I think, I think the best way to describe this is as someone who um, is the kind of person that went to the inauguration to work the, you know, uh, the inauguration as a journalist and then, you know, did a politics podcast, two politics podcasts, and then worked doing a lot of journalism in pod in, in politics. What I'm getting at is like the political implications of this movie and the weird shoe in of Obama makes this movie very fun to me. Um, if you don't necessarily have that, like, I love that this movie just ends with yes, we can. Yeah. Like it doesn't even try to make it subtle. Uh, but outside of that, it's not, it's not something really to write home about. Kyle's right. It's just fun. Um, it's lighthearted. It's fun. It's kind of dumb. It's not particularly well-made, but I think David's also right in the sense that this is accessible in a way that I think it follows a Western plot structure that has less dancing and fireworks. So that might be more accessible to you. If Bollywood's something that you're completely foreign to, 
Um, so I, yeah, that that's, those are kind of my thoughts on it. But next week we're watching con air, Nick cage, put the bunny back in the box. Please watch this movie. Everybody, everybody watch this movie, tweet at your word wiz to tell her how much you love this movie and how wrong uh, she is. Nick cage and his greasy mullet. Yeah. Oh, so greasy mullet. Oh, so greasy. So glorious, but let's go around the table. See where everyone can find everybody else online around the interweb. Uh, Claire, where can people find you? Um, you can find, well, the two of us at DSRA podcast on Twitter, also at DSRA podcast on Facebook. And you can find me personally at along with Claire, that's C L A I R E. Oh, and our website, www.dsrapodcast.com. Yes. I'm on Twitter at Klex three zero three. So K L E X three zero three. And, uh, I, you know, I, I've kind of fallen off. I haven't posted in a while, but I'm trying to get back into the Twitter thing. I just, Social media, sometimes you got to take a break from it, especially this day and age. You should just post some hot takes about how you feel about this movie's director. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly positive. (laughs) Right, Kyle? Oh, yeah. That'll go well. David, what about you? Where can people find you? People can find me around the internet under the username DavLuz, that is D-A-V-L-U-Z. So Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, you can find me there. And you can also... Uh, find me on the Broke Pot Mountain podcast, which is coming out on a real wacky schedule, but we're still recording it and putting out episodes. <laughs> oh, okay. and, and uh, this will be out in the next year. Uh, hello, 2019. I'll be doing some new podcast thing. I still haven't decided what, but I maybe by the time this episode's out, uh, you can find more information at the aforementioned Twitter. There you go. Right on. Yeah. Broke Rock Mountain is one of those great shows where it's like when it pops up in my feed, I'm like, oh, this is a treat. <laughs> um, it's a great show. I love it. I'm very excited to hear your guys um, recap of Shape of Water. That um, will come out eventually. <laughs> you need to explain to me why it's not just fish sex, because I still don't think. Oh, God, sex, right? stop it. I know. It's funny because I literally listened to that episode you guys did today. <laughs> So it's like this all happened this morning to me. Brett's obsession with fish sex. <laughs> We're really not going down a great road with this. Um, this I'm is gonna start, your hang up, Brett, not ours. <laughs> this is other people's hang up with this movie. Okay. I refer you to reddit.com and I am sure there are plenty of people who feel the same way I do about the fish sex. David looks so salty right now. <sighs> Nicole Davis, where can people find you online? Uh, um, Somewhere. Uh, <laughs> Facebook.com slash moving around podcast. I post every time we put out a new episode. I post when we're putting up the poll for you did this to us. Uh, by the time this episode drops, there will should be a new poll coming up anytime. So keep your eyes open for it. And uh, you can find me on Twitter under at your word That's Y-O-U-R-W-O-R-D-W-H-I-Z. And before Brett launches into his I am Brett Stewart stuff, please remember that Brett spells his first name with two T's and Stewart's with an E-W, not a U. <laughs> <laughs> Where would they be without you, Nicole? <laughs> I it's just true. don't know. It's <laughs> true. Nicole does make sure that I actually don't screw up my plugs that bad you can find me at i am brett stewart on twitter brett with two t's stewart ew if you're gonna spell it any other way shame on you like your parents were wrong like no. you, brett with one t and stewart with a u get out of here how does far um, spell it? That's... we're not gonna deal with that that's like 
I was like, Claire, Claire, we're okay. We're going down this diatribe right now. That's like if they didn't include the E at the end of your name. A lot of people don't. You know what? I don't judge them. <laughs> Let people live their lives, Brett. People spell people's names wrong on birth certificates, and they well, got a yeah, lot of yeah, I do, and I think that's a very fine way to do it. Wait, so so so, Brett, you care you care about when things are uh, specific ways and about like the truth of the matter. Where are you leading me right now? Don't do it, Brett. It's trap. <laughs> Shape of water. Tell us about fish sex, Brett. Okay. I kid. <laughs> you can find us online at tiltingwindmillstudios.com slash movie go round. We'll be back next week with Con Air. That's going to do it for myself, Claire, Kyle, David, and Nicole. Put the bunny back in the box. We'll see you next week. Bye.